Welcome to the Mark Lesko Podcast, covering the sports and fitness world. Right, everyone. I am fortunately joined by Leslie Timble. Is that that's how you say your last name, right? Timble? It is, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for joining me. Uh, just so everyone uh, knows a little background about Leslie. Uh, originally saw her on the RX Muscle YouTube channel with uh, Dave Palumbo, Lee Priest, Jimmy the Bull, John Romano. All these guys in the uh, bodybuilding industry that people who follow bodybuilding know. She joined that show to uh, give a little, um, what would you call it, like psychotherapy to those guys on the show there? That's right. And also a female element because they're all alpha males. That's right. That's right. As uh, as most bodybuilders are, for sure. So that it was very interesting to see. And uh, on that show, you had offered a free hour of uh, therapy, basically, for anybody that wanted to call you. Um, and I took that, I took advantage of that offer. And I, again, really appreciate you speaking with me for that hour. It really helped me a lot. Um, I can't say that enough. It really helped me a lot. Uh, just speaking to someone who is a professional in that field and just kind of helping me, uh, cope with some of the stress that I have, um, and experience not only just in life, but as a bodybuilder, but you're a registered psychotherapist Mm -hmm. and you're a mental game coach for athletes. That's right. Leslie, uh, just give uh, just give the, the people a little bit of your background, you know, where you're located, uh, what got you into this, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a Canadian. I'm currently in Vegas. Um, I'm in Vegas for six months. My six months will expire next month, so I have to go back to the cold. But uh, I will be back, likely in either Vegas or Florida. I love the States. One day I would like to immigrate here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But um, as far as what got me into it, I started working out at gyms for uh, for quite some time. And then uh, I, I would have these people come up to me and ask me, what was I training for? And at the time, I was just working out. There was nothing I was training for. And uh, they kept looking at me saying, are you serious? <laughs> I said, yes. And someone had mentioned, why don't you try a competition? And like a bodybuilding competition, I looked at them like they had three eyes. Like it was so out of my radar and comfort zone. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So to make a long story short, I did connect with uh, a coach and they helped me get ready for a show, which was supposed to be a bucket list thing. I was going to just do it once and that was it. Um, we ended up doing like a practice show two to three weeks before the actual show. Um, that practice show, I got second place. And then the real show that I did, I got second place again. So thus begun my journey of second place itis. So what that means is you keep placing second and you're so close to getting that first, both from the standpoint of just life, as well as the specific challenges through doing a prep. So whether that be the cardio, whether that be the eating plan, the training, the pressures, as far as, you know, um, let's say social media, all that kind of stuff. And, and it eventually accumulated through my experience and then my training, because I'm a registered psychotherapist, that I wanted to meld the two. And I did the certification for mental game coaching for athletes, which was based on the mental game coaches that the athletes used in the Olympics. So you don't get any higher than the Olympics. So <laughs> really important to me. And I thought, why can't I bring that to the bodybuilding industry? because I think that's something that's really neglected. If you ask a lot of bodybuilders, they'll say, yes, there's a physical component to it, but there's a much bigger mental component to it. Yet where are the coaches or where's the support for that? Um, Now, there are some coaches that do try to give that emotional support, but not on that deeper level. Yeah, That requires a special expertise, even if they've been um, bodybuilders before. That's what I have. And that's why I want to put on the table for bodybuilders is to let them know, Hey, there is a resource out there. And, you know, with, like I said, I'm because I've gone through it, 
it's not like just going to a, let's say a psychotherapist, if they're having, let's say relationship issues and they're in prep, let's say they're going through a separation, they're in prep, they just right. break up They're in, they had someone they know died, they're in prep, all this stuff, this is stuff that happens. But where's the proper support for that for bodybuilders, because a registered psychotherapist or a counselor of some sort if they're not a bodybuilder, they don't quite get all the nuances of it. And that's where I can bring my expertise, my experience, because I can meld it all together. That's a very important aspect that I know someone who's been bodybuilding for over 10 years now, I never really thought about the mental help that you can get from someone like you, uh, just speaking to someone like you who has not only been there and experienced that yourself, but just having someone to it's almost like, uh, having like a, um, having like someone there that's, that's can relate to you. They're, they're not just like listening to what you're saying. They can relate to what you're, they can relate to what you're going through also, which is extremely important. So it's very important. And I never thought about it. I know there's a lot of people out there that never thought about the importance of that. Uh, so that's, that's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing that you, uh, that you got into it's interesting reason why you got into it you broke up a little bit, bit there after you said you had second place itis um mm. it, that's what led you into um getting into this right yeah so basically when you're can you hear me sorry leslie you, you froze again did i froze again? yes <laughs> okay, let's, try, let's try this again I'm just gonna okay move sometimes my internet connection no it's okay it's probably mine too it's all right Okay, so second place itis is just, you know, when I did the first show, I expected to be last. Never right. done a show before. You know, I, I didn't expect anything. So when I came second. Obviously, I was very, very excited. And I was like, couldn't wait to do that, that real show. And I got second place. And I'm like, so close. Yeah. The girl who won deserved to win, no question about it. But I'm like, okay, I got to do another show. Because if it, I, I was thinking, you know, once I was done that show, the real show, I was done. But when you're second place and you're that close, you're like, no, I'm going to keep going until I get first. So eventually I got first. I started off competing naturally. And then I went over to the dark side. Yeah. And I'm, I'm an amateur, so I'm still working up towards my pro card. But uh, I don't want to do anything heavy. So it's kind of like, we'll see. I don't have great genetics, but I do have a great work ethic. And I have a good... I call it an, a mental iron cage of steel. So I want to pass that on to other bodybuilders to saying, yes, it helps to have genetics, but if you can help tap into the mental piece, you can actually pass those with good genetics. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's it's, there's so many components to it. And I mean, I I've seen your pictures, you know, you look, you look great. Uh, you're shredded. Um, you, you, you definitely competed professionally for sure. As far as I could tell. Um, but yeah, you, you speak about getting, you, you clearly got over the genetic aspect of that. I think, would, would you say so? Well, it's still, you know, there are certain body parts that just refuse to grow. Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying different techniques along with my coach's input as far as what I can do, but, uh, yeah, so it's good. It's just going to take a long time, which is okay. Like for me, I tend to compete against the women, like I'm in women's physique. Right. So my upper body is pretty decent. It's the lower body where my quads and my hamstrings aren't as big as they need to be. And I tend to compete against the, the girls from like Brazil and, and they have like, I think they come out of the womb with thighs and, and like <laughs> well, yeah. quads and hamstrings. I'm so envious. I mean, I respect them tremendously. Um, but when you're competing with someone who's that genetically gifted or those people that are genetically gifted, it's tough. And here's the thing. Another thing is, is that people will say, okay, well, if, if I'm always going to compete against the, that type of caliber, people who are that genetically blessed, maybe I shouldn't compete. So the reasons of why people compete, I mean, everyone wants to win, of course, but managing expectations when you go into the show as well will help your recovery after because Unless you're the winner, you're not going to come out of your show with a huge, you know, necessarily with a huge happy smile on your face. You know, you're going to be, you know, potentially thinking about all your weaknesses and talking negative, like self-talk or, you know, you might want to avoid certain people because you, you might feel a sense of shame. Um, there's something called, um, can you, can you hear me right now? Yes. 
Okay, I wasn't sure because you're, you're, you're frozen now too. Okay, okay. <laughs> but um, so there's something called post-competition blues. Okay. So what that usually means is that, you know, after the show, and it's not necessarily if you didn't place well, that can be part of it. But sometimes it's the, let's say you don't have another show lined up and you have that lack of structure. And then sometimes people have the expectation, oh, the way I look on stage, I want to look that way all year round. That's not realistic. Now there's going to be those genetic freaks that can do that. And that's, and, and that's great. But if you're going to be the average person, you need to manage those expectations and then stay in your lane as far as what your strengths are. If you keep comparing yourself to other people, you're going to go down a rabbit hole and then that's going to affect everything. It can affect your training and it can affect how you're processing the digestion of your food. There's a lot that can go wrong if your mind isn't in the right place. So it's not about being in the right place all the time. It's learning how to catch yourself and what to do when it goes down that rabbit hole. And that's where my role is. Right. Yeah. It's, you can definitely get in a very uh, mental, in a, in a mental rut very quickly um, with bodybuilding. I mean, you would know much, much more about it in terms of competing because I've never competed before, but yeah, absolutely. I can completely relate to the fact that I try not to compare myself to other people, no matter who they are, whether they're just a friend from the gym or a professional bodybuilder or uh, someone with a lot of money, uh, you know, because I'm trying to get into like the investing side of things. So I don't want to compare myself to someone who is an expert in it, has been doing it for years. You know, it's that's you can get yourself in a in a bad state of mind doing something like that for sure. So. Yeah, that's that's extremely important. Leslie, uh, what you do pertains to pretty much everything, everything, not just bodybuilding, um, other sports, uh, just like the average person who isn't in sports, but, you know, just has a everyday job, stuff like that. So would you say that uh, the stuff that you do pertains to everybody, not just people who compete in bodybuilding? Agreed. I mean, to your point, not even just bodybuilders. So it, it can be any, literally any sport, but it, it, to your point, like even business, there's so much that happens in business, you know, or, or employees are comparing themselves to other employees. Why are they getting promoted when let's say they've been there longer with the company? So, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of techniques that can be applied and even in personal relationships, you know, as far as expectations and, and learning how to basically say, okay, we need to negotiate these because sometimes it can't be one way or the other or reevaluating the relationship to saying, is this a healthy relationship for me? It may have started being healthy, but it may have changed over a period of time because people do change to saying, are you guys growing apart or is there a way to repair the relationship? Right. So yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of parallels for sure. Absolutely. What would you say um, in terms of people that you've spoken with? Uh, what would you say you see? Like you see the most. I know you can't go into detail, uh, being that I know you know I know that much about it. But um, what, what would you say you see the most? Like do you see uh, mainly athletes that um, have mental barriers to overcome, or like just people that aren't involved in athletes? Like who would you say you you see and work with more? Well, I have over 20 years of experience dealing with individuals and couples and some families. So I've wow. done that longer. So the, the certification with the mental game coaching is, is somewhat new in that, that, that piece. Um, right. I was working with a soccer player in Portugal. I'm working, I'm going to be working with a baseball player. Uh, actually, I just started working with a baseball player. So I mean, it doesn't have to be bodybuilding, but I mean, there's different sports. Um, but as far as, you know, with the issues that tend to come up with with sports related um, questions or challenges, a lot of it is not being able to be in the zone. So whether that's if for, let's say for, um, especially for, for group, like any kind of teamwork, you know, they don't want to let their team members down or um, peace about not wanting to let the coach down, not wanting to let their teammates down. They really take that to heart that they feel that they've let everyone down. So that's a big piece of it. When you're right. talking about more individualized sports, it could be whether it be like tennis, obviously bodybuilding, it could be, you know, UFC, it could be, you know, 
powerlifting. There's so many different sports out there. You know, a lot of it has to do with the comparisons. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, I'm not saying you don't, don't compare. I think it, and it's kind of like saying, I can't say don't expect that you don't want to win, but you have to be realistic to saying, okay, if I don't, how is that going to affect me? How am I going to mentally prepare for that? Because take the best person in the sport, doesn't matter who it is. Are they going to be playing at the optimal level, every practice, every game, every, like every, every year that they compete? No, no. Everyone makes a mistake. It's a lot of it is also recovering, learning how to recover from a mistake is probably actually, if I want to go back, is probably the number one reason a lot of, um, athletes come to see me because it really gnaws at them and then it can affect their performance. Lots of examples with that. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, who is my favorite athlete of all time. Tom Brady's not perfect. He's lost many games, but he's come back. You know, he's been in, I think, 10 Super Bowls and he's won seven of them. So he's had losses, obviously. Of course. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, he said he speaks a lot about how many shots he missed. And that's why he was so good because he didn't let the failure um, deter him from staying on track. Tiger Woods, you know, he was dominant for years had uh, a huge setback with injuries and stuff like that and came back and won the masters. And even recently, you know, he got in a car accident, was in very serious condition. He almost lost his leg and then he came back and played with his son. So uh, many examples of that, of people just bouncing back. So yeah, it's definitely important to keep that in mind. For sure. I mean, when you brought up Tom Brady, that actually reminds me is that a lot of times so Tom Brady has more than one coach and he's like known as the one of the goats. Yep. So if he can have more than one coach and he's one of the best, why aren't bodybuilders also considering having more than one coach? They'll have opposing coach. Now, granted, you can have a coach that does everything, but a lot of times people have a coach that will help them with their food, like whatever their diet program is. So they'll help them with their, their diet program, uh, posing, maybe even their training, but they don't have the mental game piece, not someone specifically for the mental game because they think they can have it under control. There are so many top level bodybuilders out there right now, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus, that definitely need a mental game coach that could help them get to that next level, or at least give them that, that consistency because they're not cons- yeah because the thing is is that even if they get their peak week now keep in mind there's peak week is very very tricky but if you get mental stress on top of a peak week that can really interfere with your results whether that's you know obviously peak week itself the day before the day of all of that can be really impactful now a lot of pros will also do shows more than one show so they'll, they might enjoy that night and then go back into prep. And, okay, so peak week can be really tricky. And oftentimes, even if you repeat at peak week, you won't always get the same result. Right. But if you get stress on top of that, that's going to mess up your results even more if you right. don't know how to manage the stress. Right. And even, you know, a lot of bodybuilders will have shows after. They will do more than one show. So they might enjoy, they might be able to indulge a little bit after the evening show, like the, um, after the show's done, but then they have to go in and prep for the next show. If they don't deal with those unresolved issues and that stress from that previous show, that can impact how they do at the next show. Yeah. So when they travel around with coaches, they actually need someone to travel with them, known as a mental game coach like myself. So (laughs) just a little plug. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's, it's, it's very important. Um, just, I, I don't know much about certain professional athletes, but I, I know particularly with golfers, cause I'm a golfer. Uh, my cousin, uh, my little cousin, he competed in the drive chip and putt at the masters last year. And nice. a lot of those people there, the kids like eight years, eight years old, all the way up to 16, all of them had coaches. Like they had multiple coaches. They had a putting coach, like a mental coach, a driving coach, like all of that stuff. Um, so, you know, if I was like a professional bodybuilder, I would try to have as many coaches like you there that 
help with certain different things, you know, the diet, the mental aspect, the training, everything. Um, I think a lot of these uh, coaches today, like gurus, you know, like they try to do everything. I just don't think that they can do everything, but they try to, you know what I mean? You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, again, they only have so much time too. So they can only focus on, you know, and, and keep in mind, they have more than one athlete. So right. it's being able to say, okay, how can I do the best for this athlete? But the athlete may need to go down a different road, let's say, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, when you have a good relationship with a, a coach, there is some of the personal you do end up sharing with your coach, which is fine, but they don't always have the time, nor do they have necessarily the skills. It's not that they're not willing to help you but it requires a specialty. Like it requires some type of special education to help them properly give them this, the, the, not just the encouragement, but the strategies in, a, in order to be able to deal with those types of situations. And that's why separate coaches for different things are really good because it can really maximize that kind of talent into what the hole is or what that need is for that particular athlete. Right, right. Yeah. And another thing that separates you is the fact that you actually competed. Um, and some of these coaches have not, you know, so that that's another huge uh, mental barrier that is overcome with someone like you who's actually been there. Yeah. The other thing is, is that because I have average genetics, I, you know, I'm kind of like that underdog. I get it. <laughs> like right. Someone who's been genetically gifted. I mean, you know, all power to them. That's great maximize your potential. If I had the genetics, I'd be maximizing my potential too. I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge them for that, but I'm just saying it's hard to be, I would have a hard time being coached by someone who's genetically gifted because I would feel, well, how much is it genetics? Like I want someone who knows stuff that can relate to kind of like where I'm coming from. Right. And that's like an average person. I was never athletic. This is the other thing. You know, some people are born and they, you know, whether they're, you know, playing basketball or volleyball or they're runners or hockey. I was from, so I'm from Canada. Like, you know, hockey is a big thing. Yeah. All these different types of sports. I wasn't in the sports realm at all. So this is kind of really ironic for me to do what I do. And I love it. I just love it. Yeah. That, that's the thing about bodybuilding is um, people that are bodybuilders just, people that work out consistently, you know, it's a bug that you get. It's an itch that you get and it's a lifetime sport. You know, it's, uh, it's like golf, you know, I do bodybuilding and golf, so I'll be able to do that my whole life, hopefully, um, because they're both lifelike sports. So yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's something that you can do your whole life. So like you said, even if you don't compete and you just bodybuilding is still, a hard thing to do. I can speak personally about that when no one else around you really is a bodybuilder or takes it as seriously as you, you know, like when, when I was in college, a lot of my friends, my roommate, you know, they would go out on the weekends and stuff. And I did not go out as much as them because I wanted to rest. I wanted to go to the gym. I wanted to make sure I wasn't hung over the next day because, you know, I wanted to make the most of my workouts, you know? So thankfully, uh, Thankfully, uh, platinum pre at the time, pre-workout that pretty much got me through all of my college workouts because I was always way too tired to work out just from the life of co- just from the college life in general. But, um, yeah, it, it can be tough if, if no one around you has the same mindset as you. So, cause there's a ton of temptation in life in general, especially where I'm at. Cause I'm in a college town. So yeah, it, it's, that's one aspect I think that a lot of people can relate to is just you know, you're doing what you love, but there's a ton of temptation out there that you just can't be involved in. You know what I mean? It comes down to choices. And sometimes we have to make the choice of, let's say, childhood friends, people you've known for a long time. And not, not that to say that they have to become a bodybuilder, but if they're not supportive and they're actually trying to sabotage you, you know, it sucks. But sometimes you got to cut those relationships off. Yep doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that your interests have grown apart. Right. 
and letting go can be really hard, especially what if, like I said, if they've been a childhood friend for like, you know, since kindergarten or whatever, you know, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, then and sometimes you can't escape it. It's like with family. Sometimes family doesn't support you. They think you're crazy. Right. Like, well, you know, and if let's say you have, uh, let's say parents that want to, that associate with food, with love, you know, or right. let's say, whether it be, let's say grandparents or whatever, and you go over for things, family, I'm just saying, you know, whether it be friends or family, you know, they can sabotage us or not be supportive. And that can be really hard. Right. So, again, you know, having, you know, if you don't have those people around you that are supportive, it's hard to stick to friends and family can sabotage your process as right. far as what you're trying to do, staying on track and not having that, that support, even that emotional support. And um, sometimes you need to have someone outside and that's to get where they can go to someone like myself so they right. can actually talk freely and not feel judged and actually get that support and some direction. And I might say, don't go to that. So everything is about making choices. And sometimes those are tough choices. And that includes whether it be friends and it can be family. Right. Right. About saying, I need to have some space from you because you're not supportive. You don't have to do what I do, but I need some support. Even right. if that means don't, don't, uh, even if you can't be like a cheerleader, don't be someone who, who basically stomps on me either. Yeah. 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 And it, you know, supporting come in many different forms. Uh, you know, my family's always supported me, but they don't, you know, they can't really relate to the mindset because, you know, my, none of my family were bodybuilders or anything. Um, you know, uh, they used to say like, you spend too much money on food, you know, stuff like that. So, um, which I did, I did spend way too much money on food, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it can come in many different forms. It's just, being something as simple as being around like-minded people, um, which is why I am planning to move to Florida and work out in a bodybuilding gym, because I know for a fact that if I go into a gym like that, where I'm like average looking compared to most of the guys in there, I know for a fact that my motivation is going to go through the roof because I want to look like that. And I want to work as hard as them and eat like them and being around people like that is extremely important and everything that you're doing. So, yeah, I get inspired every time I walk into the dragon slayer because there's so many, you know, wonderful bodybuilders and you see them train their asses off and you're like, okay, I got to kick it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can you talk about that? Like Gold's Gym Venice, from what I understand, uh, listening to Dave and John Romano, it's not what it was. Um, they don't think it ever will be again. So it sounds like the Mecca of bodybuilding is now in Vegas and you are going to the Mecca of bodybuilding, I believe is what it is now. Dragon's Lair. Can you just speak a little bit about that? Because as a bodybuilder, you know, that's heaven for me. Um, also, uh, I think it's, is it Hidi Yamagishi? Is that his name? Hide and Iris Kyle. Yes. And Iris Kyle is like the best female bodybuilder ever. She's like Ronnie Coleman, except she has more Olympias. More than uh, Ronnie, I know. Yeah, yeah, I believe she has 10. So. Yeah, so there's that's gym, that gym is there too. But yeah, can you just speak a little bit about what, you know, what it's like to go there and what the atmosphere is like being that, like I said, that is like the Mecca now, you know, what kind of people you see there? Because I know just watching videos, everybody's there. Everybody's there in the bodybuilding industry. So it's so neat because you'll get, you get your regulars and so not everyone is a competitive body. So, and, and that's nice. Everyone's accepting and supportive of each other. Right. And what's nice is that, you know, we don't, we have this respect where, you know, we, we, we give each other space, but we're friendly. Right. So we will call and you do the nod. We'll do the wave. But everyone respects everyone's time in the gym. Right which is great. I mean, there, there's spaces. If you want to chat, you can chat, or let's say if you're doing steady state cardio, you can always chat with somebody too. That's fine. But it's, it, you never know who's going to walk into that gym. Yeah. You yeah. see flex there pretty regularly with Dom and their training. And it's, it's, it's inspiring. Like when I see flex, it, it's going to be so exciting for me to see him in the open 
because I see the transformation already and we're only in the month of January and it's going to be in December and he's already transforming. So it's just just so amazing. So amazing. But we get a lot of other um, athletes there too. And it's not just even bodybuilders. We get some power lifters. I mean, um, Brian was here uh, at the gym not long ago. Brian Shaw. And then there's uh, UFC fighters that come. Brad Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Shaw. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot. And then there's bodybuilders all over the world that come, which is cool. So whether they either they move to Vegas or they're just in for the weekend or a day pass and they come in, it's like, cool. This is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Get inspiration from them. Just, and even if you don't talk to them, just seeing them, just seeing them, because what happens is that the dragon's lair has this vibe. It has amazing equipment, but it's the vibe that I really enjoy because you just want to do even better. Whatever you're doing, you just want to bump it up. You just want to feel like you, you know, you're, you've earned your place there kind of thing. And like I said, everyone is so supportive. I've never, I haven't had one single negative experience at the dragon's lair. Not one, not wow. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the stereotype of, just uh, roid heads I've seen firsthand is not true. A lot of people in the fitness industry are very nice. Mm-hmm. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. For and sure. that's a big reason why I like being a part of it because they're good people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and they're encouraging you because initially, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, Oh, there's a bunch of pros. They don't care. You know, they won't care about little old me. Cause I'm just an amateur. No, they're like cheering you on. Like <laughs> yeah. they give you high fives or do they do the punch thing or, yeah. you know, you know, it's just, it's a great environment. It's literally you're, you know, it's a gym family. Everyone cares about the other person and, you know, and being support. And especially if you're not supported at home, you know, in any way that just cements it. It's like, you don't even need it anything if anywhere else, if you got it from your gym family, cause they get it. Yeah. You know, all the people, they get it. And you get coaches too. You see their coaches and coaches that are training there and, they bring their clients and you see different styles of training. So that's always neat to see too. Yeah. So, well, I always see Jay Cutler there, which is, which is crazy. I'm sure you've seen him. Um, I've always seen Jay once actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've seen okay. uh, Milo Safit times. Uh, Neil obviously uh, trains at the uh, Dragon Slayer. He's my coach. Um, there's a bunch of other coaches there too. But it's it's just really inspiring because you're around like people who want to see not just even their athletes. You see the other coaches rooting for other coaches' athletes, which is really cool. Neil Hill is your coach? Yeah. Oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a legend. He's um, yeah. Yoda is quite <laughs> quite a character, yes. He's Ronnie Coleman's coach. Was he? Neil Hill, I believe so. I thought it was, I thought, I don't know. I thought, was it? I might be getting them mixed up. I'm not sure. I Well, I mean, he's, he has a bunch, Neil has a bunch of high. I mean, obviously Flex Lewis is, uh, I call him the favorite. <laughs> Flex Lewis? Flex Lewis is, is Neil's favorite. I'm sorry, Chad Nichols. Chad Nichols was Ronnie's coach, yeah. Right, right, but, right. But, yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good coaches out there for sure. But the idea of also with coaches, you have to find the right fit for you just because they know their stuff. You may not gel with them for whatever reason. And that's okay. It's about finding the right fit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, when I get down to Florida, I think that's something that I'm going to look into more is getting a coach, working with you, being in a good gym. You know, I go to Sam's Club. Sam's Club is a thing here at, at uh, Pennsylvania, and they have them there in Tampa, which is awesome. So at least that part will stay consistent. But, um, yeah, it's it, that, that's very cool. What can you say to – I guess we can use myself as an example, but what do you say to the, the average lifter out there um, who wants to compete, but like me, they're in an area where – there isn't a ton of support. There aren't too many people that are into bodybuilding and the gyms are not as good as they could be. You know, what, what, what can you say to someone like that who 
either wants to move or just make the most of where they're at? Well, if they can move, I do recommend that they look into moving. Even if they can't move right away, it might be a 12-month plan. It might be a 24-month plan. If they can move, that's the ideal because you want to be in a supportive environment for whatever sport you're in. So in yeah. Florida and Vegas are the two top ones. Right. Now, if they can't for whatever reason, I'd say, okay, this is where you have to be creative, especially with COVID. A lot of, even if you have access to a gym, a lot of gyms were closed. In fact, I know in Canada, they're still closed. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. And it's trying to say, okay, guess what? Do you, does that mean you don't work out at all? Or does that mean you got to be a little creative? Because here's the thing, there's, it, it's not the same as a gym, but it does not mean you can't keep on top of certain things, such as you're eating. Are you staying on track on a meal plan of some sort? It's about focusing on what you do have control over versus what you don't have control over. So right. if you don't have access to a good gym, or let's say because of COVID, your gym is shut down, to saying, okay, you probably still have an internet connection. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. So again, you don't have to pay a dime. You can do it in the comfort of your own living room or whatever, where you can do some pretty kick-ass body weight workouts. Yeah. So it, it's in, in a way, it's actually kind of good for your body because it gives it a different training stimulus. If you're used to doing heavy weights, well, you might have to do something like water bottles. Yeah as your, your, your weights, obviously those are very, very light dumbbells, but the way you lift them, you can change the eccentrics. So they go a lot slower and then it burns a lot more. Right. Right. You can still do Bulgarian split squats and trust me, you will feel those. So yeah. not that I say you have to have a leg press to do legs. You want to do like, like squat jumps, Mary Catherine's Mary Catherine's are when you do lunges and then you switch from one to the other there are different ways you can do it. Is it the same as a leg press or a hack squat? No, no, but it's better than nothing. So it's trying to say if you can see, so it's shifting your, your mindset to saying, okay, I am going to train a different way. So in, in a lot of times there's different ways people train when they do weight. Sometimes they'll go through a period of time where they'll do heavy weights, less reps as an example, or lighter weights and more reps. I mean, that's just, just two very basic examples. But let's shift that, that set to, instead of weights, I'm going to do body weight, but I'm going to take my body through a very different kind of training. Have you ever done suicides? That's what basketball players do. They run back and forth from different lines. If you've got snow in your backyard, like you could do some squats and <laughs> deadlifts using that sucker. Yep. I mean, you have to be creative, but it doesn't mean you can't work out to some degree. So it's learning how to say, instead of saying, oh crap, I can't go to a gym, which is, which would be normal. It's just saying, okay, how am I going to beat my competition who lives close to me? Because if I do a regional show, no one else is training. I'm coming up with something very creative. So I'm going to beat their asses. So a lot of times, again, it's trying to say, what can I do? And then I would say also to keep yourself accountable, yeah. keep a journal and report to somebody, find someone that you can check in with. And it might be doing it once a week, check in pictures just to keep you accountable. Because if we say to ourselves, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. How many times is that actually going to happen? Right. You might even do it the first day. You might even do it the second day, but good luck getting a day from three to seven because mm -hmm. we make excuses and that's where the accountability comes in play and having yeah. many challenges. Let's say burpees, not to say you have to do a burpee, but what about a burpee challenge to saying, okay, in a matter of one minute, we're talking 60 seconds, how many burpees can you do and make it a challenge? Every day, see if you can beat it. Yeah. Yeah. It's now, again, it doesn't have to be burpee. It could be something else, but it's, it's again, trying to say, what can I do to challenge myself? Yeah. That, that was the thing with uh, COVID too, is um, I, I think it was the day that the uh, quarantine happened. It was like March 16th, I think, or March 15th of 2020, literally that night, the night before they did quarantine, 
I went to my uncle's, got a bunch of weights out of his garage, cleaned them off, put them in my basement, built a power rack uh, for squatting and stuff, bought a bench. Uh, he had like an Olympic bench too that I got. And I already had like an Olympus set up. So I did everything that I could possible to make sure that I did not miss out on my workouts because I knew that was going to drive me nuts if I couldn't do that. So I had no money to buy any equipment and somehow still made it happen, you know? So if, if it's important to you, you know, just do everything that you can to make the most of it. Um, and on top of that too, you know, like I talk about how I would like a better gym, but I also remember that I could also not have a gym at all, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's important to remember too just making the most of what you have, being thankful for the, that you can use a gym because when you like, when like you have to go back to uh, Canada soon, like are gyms open there. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to be able to go to a gym? Well, I'm hoping that it'll be opened up by the time I get there, but who knows if not, then yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of body weight stuff. I actually have a TRX. So okay. I'll be doing a lot of TRX exercises. Okay. And you have competed at, the Arnold and the Olympia, right? Correct. At the amateur level. Yeah. 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 Which is still very impressive. Yeah. So was there ever a time being someone who was at the, literally the top level of competition, in my opinion, of going to Olympia and the Arnold classic, have you always been able to use a gym? So when I was competing for the Arnold's, I was, the Arnold's was the first show that almost got canceled because of COVID. Um, right. That was the, the, the March 2020. Mm -hmm. I was debating because they, they even sent an email out to all the athletes saying we may not hold this. And I had to make a decision whether I, or not I was going to make the, the, the trip <laughs> all the way to Ohio. Yeah, okay. yeah um, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I did. I did. So I was like, well, if they have it for whatever reason and I wasn't there, I'd be kicking myself after all that training. Yeah. And for the Olympia, that was definitely um, without that was uh, without a gym. Now I did have some wow. some stuff in my basement, so I maximized that. I had dumbbells, and fortunately, I did um, order some equipment. So I did have a leg press. I did have a um, like a delt machine, pec deck. I had um, an incline bench and a cable where I could do like triceps and bi cable biceps and triceps. I was able to order it and I didn't get it right away because when COVID hit, nothing was available. So I had to wait about four or five months, but I didn't well, get it, but it took a while, but uh, yeah. So I didn't quite train as much as I wanted to for the, for the Olympia, but I did what I could. Okay. Well, that's example A right there. You can go to the Olympia, Olympia, even if you don't have a gym to go to. So there you go. That's very impressive. I, I remember when uh, COVID happened, watching Jay. I watched a lot of Jay Cutler's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that was the first time I saw Laura Lee. Uh, yeah. And uh, she was there, I think, with her brothers. And they were just, I think, I don't, I forget where they were. But I remember the one gym that uh, I forget who his cameraman is. Very, really, really nice guy. Dave. Um, what's that? Dave. Dave. Yeah. So he they were going into like these gyms that they had to like keep it secret where they were going because if they found out they would shut them down and they were in like basements and stuff and yeah that was funny but uh yeah that's that's it was i mean at the very at the very least we we've uh been through a very interesting time especially in the fitness industry because of the fact that they shut us down you know they shut down gyms and there was really only one gym uh Attilis in jersey I think is I forget what part of Jersey. I think it's it was at Belmar. Do you remember that? I don't remember. Sorry. Yeah, there was one gym in Jersey that refused to shut down, and he paid fines, and they fined him like a million dollars, I think, total. Um, but he never did the masks and everything. But it was on like Fox News and stuff, where he was like, "We're not shutting down. We're not doing this." And there was actually one other gym near me um, in Altoona, Pennsylvania. They they never shut down, not once. Didn't do the mass, nothing. So uh, luckily there was some gyms that stayed open, but yeah, it's, um, 
yeah, you, you make great points um, in terms of like the gyms, you know, if you can move, move, which is what I'm planning to do, because I think ultimately that's what's best for just bodybuilding and everything that I want to do. And, you know, if you can't, then just make the most of what you have. And if you do have a gym, be thankful because there's in America, we're pretty lucky right now with everything being open. But in certain other countries, like you said, they're, they're, the gyms aren't even open. So um, we're fortunate for sure. But um, Leslie, uh, is there anything particular that you're offering right now? I know in December you were offering like a free hour uh, of therapy. Is there anything particular that you're offering right now that my listeners, if interested, can reach out to you about? There's no um, free offers at this time, just because January tends to be my busiest month. Okay. But if people do want to reach out to me and we can book something, let's say um, I, I can give them information as far as how I can help them in their particular sport. If, it, if it's an athlete, if it's not an athlete, if you're a business person or just your average uh, person, you can contact me. Um, the best the best way to do it is either to text or email me because my my uh, voicemail box is not working thanks to Rogers. But uh, yeah, so but they can contact me at 416-805-6155. Leave me a text or email me at Leslie at Timble.ca. Um, I'm on Instagram, too, if you want to send me a message on Instagram. So it's just my name, Leslie Timble, L-E-S-L-E-Y-T-I-M-B-O-L. If you have any questions, I'm happy to address those. And if you want to book a session, uh, we can def do, definitely do that. I'm probably booking towards the end of February at this point, but if okay. um, to do some quick um, step with you about that. Yeah, so you basically be available towards the end of February if people will reach out to you and set something up. Yeah, yeah. But if they wanted questions to ask me questions before that, absolutely, they can contact me for sure. Okay. So again, regular people, it can be athletes, obviously, it doesn't have to be just bodybuilders. And as far as to saying, if you have questions, say, well, how can you help me? Here's my situation. I'll be very upfront. And I'll tell you what what's involved. And then you can let me know if you want to try me for a session and then go from there. Cool. Yeah. And I can say from personal experience, you know, I took advantage of that free hour. Uh, because I saw you on RX Muscle and it was it was great. Like I said, it helped me a lot. Uh, I was very thankful that you were even doing that. I couldn't believe that you were giving your number out on RX Muscle. I was like, wow, this this is great because a lot of people are, would be afraid to do that. But you know, it's awesome that you're doing that. It's awesome that you're helping people. Um, and I could, like I said, I can tell you from firsthand, it was it was it was great. It was very helpful. It helped me a lot. And Leslie, the last thing I wanted to touch on was just everybody obviously is going through a pretty tough time with COVID on many levels. Some people are very fearful of COVID and everything that's involved. I can use myself as, as, as an example of, um, I don't really fear COVID or, um, I don't really fear, like, I, I don't really play into all the fear that's kind of put out there, uh, I guess from media and stuff like that. Cause it is, there's a lot of fear that's put out from the media and stuff like that, uh, for whatever reason. So, you know, it goes both ways in terms of people that are fearful of COVID and also people that are just kind of tired of it. Like uh, me personally, like I don't want to wear a mask. People that aren't going to get the vaccine are not going to get it pretty much no matter what at this point. You know, there's not only people that are scared of the virus, but people who are just completely tired of not only the virus, but they just want to move on at this mm -hmm. point. And it looks like, thankfully, we, we kind of are, you know, other countries are lifting mandates and stuff like that. And America did also, but just dealing with like COVID stress, is there just a broad piece of advice you can give people on how to deal with it? Yeah. I mean, we call it COVID fatigue. So basically we're just tired of this, all this stuff, right. Yeah. And we want our freedom back. So, I mean, it's going to be a process and expecting that this is taking time, way more time than we've ever and taking more time. It's learning how to kind of, and it's hard to be patient because we feel like we've been already so, you know, blood patient already. And it's trying to say, okay, as things are going to open up, which they are, again, it's focusing on what you can do right now, right? knowing that you will be able to do a little bit more later. It's yeah. also expecting, yes, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of convinced all of us are going to get sick at some point. Right. In some degree. I'm not saying we're going to die from it, but I'm just saying we're going to all get sick. Mm-hmm. There's it's also being aware that there's something called developing a tolerance. So the fact of, in fact, I read something earlier on the news. I didn't get a chance to research it yet, but they're saying that the, um, the variant with Omicron is actually helping develop antibodies to fight you know, the COVID stuff. So again, I haven't had a chance to research that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Right. So, you know, it's, now I'm not saying people shouldn't take, you know, I think it's a matter of choice whether people are going to, you know, get vaccinated or not. There's going to be people who are going to be feeling forced that they're vaccinated because let's say for bodybuilders, they're not going to be, they're not allowed to compete unless they can show proof of vaccination. So again, it's a choice to say what is more important to you, not taking the vaccine or competing. And I, I know that sucks. It's a, it's a personal choice though. But it's also what I would recommend is trying to avoid the judgment. I know it's hard, but part of coping is, is to be a bit more, we need to be more unified. Yeah, for sure. So instead of saying, oh, there's we're in two camps, people who are kind of pro- vaccination yeah there's two camps it's either you're you're for the vaccine or you're against the vaccine and i'm saying well why can't we be more let's let's be more pro health yeah let's exercise our right to do what we need to do to feel more comfortable in whatever situation we place ourselves in right so basically you you just broke up there a little bit just saying like be be more pro health like I, i think overall we just need to encourage more of the health aspect of 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 it overall mentally physically and everything and more accepting of people and dropping the judgment we're not always going to agree about everything anyway right it's having a tolerance of saying okay i can't maybe i can't influence you but what can i do so i can keep my integrity in check so it's not always convincing someone else to do it's kind of like if i'm a bodybuilder am i going to go up to everyone in the gym you know trying to get them to compete. Well, if they express an interest, then obviously I'm going to encourage that or I'll, I'll explore that, but I'm not going to shove it down their throats. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, just the fact that they're in the gym, they just want to be fit. And I respect that. Right. So it's, it's learning to be less judgmental, more health conscious and focusing on what you can do. Exactly. Yeah. And it's an extremely polarizing topic. Obviously it's, one of the most polarizing topics we have ever experienced, any of us, um, young or old. And I'll, I'll say the, the approach, and I talked to you about this too, when we spoke is like, I've told you, like, I don't want to go into a gym where they require masks and I'm not going to, uh, I'll say that I did not get the vaccine and I'm not going to, and I don't want to, and especially be forced to take it. Um, you know, I think that's wrong. You know, you're not going to change the other person's mind. And the, the approach that I try to take is yeah, try not to be judgmental and overall i think on both sides just don't get too caught up in the in the hype like because like i said the media their job is to just completely blow it up make everyone panic um and just make it as divided as possible so i think it's just very important not to get caught up in either side uh to the point where it's just like overblown like i have my stance i have my beliefs and you know i'm not interested in uh getting into arguments with anybody, you know, I don't entertain arguments. People, there are people that try to do that and I just don't entertain it. And, you know, I encourage those out there too, no matter what side you're on, you know, don't entertain, uh, don't entertain arguments and um, just try to base everything off of, off of the facts of the situation. So that's just healthier that way. I agree. There's so much more that we can, we can do to support one another versus bearing each other in different, different, just because of different opinions. Yeah. Right. And like you said, like we've, we've all disagreed on much more many times before. Um, this is not a new thing. It's just, this is such a polarizing topic. Um, so, you know, it gets the best of some people for sure, but yeah, it's, um, it's just overall, it's a very interesting time. And, you know, I, I wanted to have you on because I wanted you to speak about the importance of what you do and how it can help anybody, um, and how it helped me, and, you know, thankfully Dave had you on 
and you were able to speak about it. Uh, you know, Dave, he's just, he's just a really good guy. I don't know him personally, but I know he's a good guy. I know, you know, him personally and you say the same. And it was funny when you, <laughs> when you, uh, were psychoanalyzing Lee priest and, uh, you called him normal and he's like, Oh man, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Well, you see that, okay, not to say he can't tweak some of his language a little bit and his approach, but he has a good heart Yeah, and he just wants to be him. And there's so, so many times people pretend to be people they're not, or they put up a facade because they will, they'll be accepted that way. You know, with Lee, you know where you stand. Yeah. And that can be really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing with uh, a guy like Lee, it's not... He, well, for him, it might be easy to be that way because that's how he is, but it's not easy to be yourself like that. You know, for most people, here's an example of someone who they don't really, he doesn't really care what you think. He's going to say what he, what he thinks and um, he's just going to say it how it is. That's it. That's really how, how, that's really how you have to be not only in life, but especially with the COVID situation, you know, you have your stance and that's it. And just uh, at the very least, just based on facts, but yeah, it's, it's, Someone like him who, um, you know, he always talks about how he literally got like four vaccines. He got like every single company's vaccine. (laughs) He's been poked more than anyone else for the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. But a lot of times it also comes down to approach. You know, I do encourage a lot of people because here's the thing, whether I don't know if you've heard of the term people pleasers, but they don't want to hurt other people. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You don't want to hurt other people. But sometimes you have to swallow your own kind of, um, okay, so basically, there are people who want to, um, they'll say what the other person wants to hear, and they want right. to express a, a different opinion, because they don't want to hurt the other person. They don't want a, a confrontation of some sort. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And a lot of it sometimes has to do with educating people on how to deliver your point slightly differently. You don't have to be as aggressive as Lee. You can, there are other ways of making your point. We call it being assertive, not being a bitch, but being assertive, Yep. Yep. (laughs) you know, and still being respectful at the same time. Now we're not taught that in school which is something I'm very against. I wish they would teach that in school. But again, I can help coach people on those kinds of things. How do you stand up for yourself? And managing that expectation that you can't always make everybody happy. Right. Yeah. Learning how to be okay with that. You don't have to be happy about that, but that's a more realistic expectation. There's always going to be somebody out there that doesn't like what you have to say. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but accept it. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there that will dislike you just for, um, for no reason. Um, and I don't mean you personally, I just mean in general, like there's people out there that don't like me for whatever reason, you know, and you can't control that. And it is what it is. Um, I saw a quote the other day. I think it's, uh, your spirit, your spirit uh, bothers their demons or something like that. That's why they, that's why they don't like you something like that. But yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I like it. But uh, yeah, Leslie, is there anything else that you wanted to, you wanted to speak on? Is there anything else that any more information you want to give on what you, what you offer? Well, the mental game piece is, is quite detailed. So um, what I would like to do is put it out there that, you know, if, if you guys have some specific questions for me, you know, whether you submit them to Mark and then maybe we can do a, a Q&A, we can do a question and answer thing later on. Sure. Uh, I might be doing something with Dave on RX Muscle where we do Q&As as well. So if you guys have specific questions and you want me to answer them on the podcast or like I said, directly, just shoot me a text. Yeah. And I, I'll, I will uh, repeat your number, 416-805-6155. Leslie Timble, that's who you text. That's what I did. I texted her and she answered me right away. So, yeah, it, I will um, I will make sure if there is anybody that wants to reach out to you, Leslie, um, like you said, they can contact me. And, yeah, absolutely, we can do a Q&A at some point, um, just kind of talk things over because, like I said, I was an example of someone who never thought about doing something like this. And, you know, I'm a 
red-blooded American male. You know, we don't sit down and talk to therapists. You know what I mean? But it's important to do. It is important to do for sure. And it helps a lot. Yeah. And that's with any sport. But again, to your point earlier, it's not even just sports. It goes in, in life. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So well, thank you for very much for having me on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. And thank you. I can't thank you enough for joining me. Again, I can't believe you're on my show because, uh, you know, you were just on RX Muscle. So that's awesome that you were able to join me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. All right. I look forward to having you on again, hopefully. So I look forward to it. All right, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You're listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Mark covers it all. Sports, fitness, and has interviews with interesting guests. Every week, Mark is joined by Austin Staggs, as well as Mike Kresovich to cover Penn State football and the NFL. Stay tuned every week for more in-depth content. Thank you for listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast.